The Social Screenwriters Podcast. The Social Screenwriters Podcast. The Social Screenwriters Podcast. Where Andy talks to people he met on the internet. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to episode 16 of the Social Screenwriters Podcast. I am your host, Andy Compton, and today on the show we have a very special guests. Plural? What? No, that can't be right. This show only has one guest at a time. Not today, alright? I just said I'm going crazy. I'm not getting to know enough people per episode. I need to double it. So today on the show... We have Dan Healy, you might know him at Dan Healy Films, at Dan Healy Films on uh, Twitter, I think that's his handle, hang on, I'm checking right now, I'm looking at my computer, Dan Healy Films, and Todd Foley, his current writing partner, at Todd Foley Writes, You you guys probably, if you're on Twitter, you probably know these guys. They're cool. They're part of the screenwriting Twitter community, and they have a really interesting story because they met through Twitter, like many of us have met many writers through Twitter, but they decided to form a little partnership for a script idea that one of them had and said, hey, do you want to help with this? And the other was like, yeah, sure, why not? And that script actually just went on to... uh, have a shopping agreement attached to it. Um, there's more about that in the episode, so I don't want to spoil it all right now. I'll let them tell you about that. But yeah, it's uh, things move quick. It's literally the first thing that they tried to write together, so that's like pretty sick. Um, and also, they're just they've been cool dudes to me on Twitter for a while, so I wanted to get them on here and talk to them about that. I think that's really interesting that a partnership started on Twitter and uh, already has cool movement in the business um so we get into that um also if you guys like what you're hearing and you want to give us a shout out you can do that at social writer pod on twitter and instagram uh tag us up say something you like say something that i'm doing shitty and i needed to correct in fact there's one thing i say in this episode because i just edited it that is um at one point i said twitter used to have 80 character tweets And I forgot that I said that until I was editing like two weeks later. And I was like, that's not true. And I Googled it and it's not true. I don't know what the fuck I was talking about. But in this episode, I say that and I sound very convinced uh, (laughs) and I'm wrong. So you don't get to call me on that. But any other bullshit that I say, anything that I sound stupid, please tag us up. uh, Tell me about it or preferably talk about the good things. I don't know. Do whatever you do. It's okay. Um, and also if you guys like what you hear and you want to donate to the show to help me just keep this thing running, takes a lot of time to edit this and do the raw recording and the planning and the, uh, promo and Photoshop and blah, blah, blah. Uh, if you guys want to help out, you can just go to the link tree link in our Instagram or Twitter, uh, at social writer pod. And there's a donate button right there. It goes to a PayPal thing. It's all legit. It's not going to fuck you over. PayPal is safe, right? PayPal safe. I don't know. I've never been screwed over on PayPal. I hope none of you ever do. And if you did, um, I'm going to give you a guarantee. Not going to happen if you donate to the show. Uh, just kidding. I can't guarantee that. 
Anyway, uh, without further ado, guys, let's get into episode 16 with Todd Foley and Dan Healy. Today we have with us a writing duo for the very first time, Dan Healy and Todd Foley. How's it going? We'll go Todd first. How you doing? I am well. Thanks so much. It's so awesome to be on here. Um, yeah. Dan is good. We're hanging out with Andy. Going to talk all things screenwriting. Hopefully not get subtweeted with things that I say stupidly later. Oh, but. trust me. I, I feel like uh, I feel like the audience for this is actually pretty nice, surprisingly, because mm-hmm. uh, every single time, I don't know <clears throat> how much you guys have listened, but uh, I usually say, if you want to tell me something I suck at, tweet about it and tag at social writer pod. And uh, no one has yeah. taken me up on that. And I'm a little bit offended because I know I'm saying <laughs> shit that people disagree with at least every now and again, because I listen to some of the best screenwriters in the world on other podcasts. Mm-hmm. And every, every now and again, they say some shit that I'm like, ah, I don't know. But again, who, who knows better? I mean, if they have a yeah. career, then they know more than me. You're perfect. Now you got two other, no two other voices to speak into oh. it now. Yeah. Uh, Dan, how are we doing? Good. Very good. Thank you for uh, inviting us on. We we're both very excited. So. Absolutely, dude. Yeah, I'm so happy to be doing this. It's so exciting to have a duo on here because that's like a completely different dynamic than the way that many of us know screenwriting. And my hope is that, I mean, my hope besides just getting to know you two guys, because we've been like friends on Twitter for like quite a while now. uh, But my hope is that there would be a more novice writer out there who has never considered getting a writing partner. And maybe this will kind of be like, oh, maybe I'm that kind of writer that that would benefit me with this person, whatever, you know, like uh, it'd just be cool to inspire that. And also I'm interested in the dichotomy of it too, because I am not good at having a writing partner. Uh, I'm too much of a control freak, honestly. Uh, that's that's really what it boils down to. I'm sure that there's people out there that I could work with, but um, it's more my bullshit for sure. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I think it should be this way. But um, but also I love writing duos like two people that really made me want to write screenplays are Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, mm, who yeah. are kind of living the dream of being high school buddies. And now they're, you know, have a whole career together. Um, yeah. But yeah, we'll kind of jump into this. And the questions that I usually ask, I will ask all of them. However, I'm going to add in a few on the fly because you guys are a duo. So um. Yeah, let's start with uh, let's start with Todd. How'd you get into screenwriting? Yeah, well, I um, so I studied journalism and communications uh, in college. Seems to be a bit of a trend from what I've heard of other guests on here too. Yeah, we um, got another one. Yeah, <laughs> yep. and uh, I ended up going into nonprofit communications after graduating. I it was good. I was getting paid to write words, but it just wasn't really kind of you know feeding my spirit as much. And um, so I went down the path of novel writing, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. My first one, I released it 10 years ago and then did a couple other things and hit a little bit of a dry spell. I had a pretty stressful work experience that I left um, about four years ago. And then um, this is going to sound so cheesy and um, token, but went on a trip to LA and um, it was just a, it was a breath of fresh air leaving a stressful situation. I was really fangirling over uh, like get out and hereditary and Fleabag. Like those were my jams, especially just paying attention to them from a writer's perspective. Was this like circa 2018? Um, 
Yes. Yeah. 2018. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The year yeah. of some. I was having stuff. the same fandom for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I so I came back from that trip and wrote a novella of seven interconnected short stories, and that's why I just decided. I think that was my takeaway from those movies and that show is like, I want to have fun with my writing again. I think mm -hmm. I'd been missing that. Mm -hmm. And I think that it showed through from the feedback that I got on the book and especially one kind of thriller short story in particular, where a lot of people said, Oh, I wanted more of that one. Mm -hmm. I thought, Oh, well, I feel like this could be, I wonder if this would look like in a movie format, very ignorant of all that goes into screenwriting and all that is um, involved in the craft. So I went to my library and I got out um, writing in pictures by Joseph McBride. That mm -hmm. was sort of my, my school book and just, yeah, I feel like I, I had a good grip on what story, what makes a good story, but as far as the craft and the process and so got into writing and then my first real school, I'm going to give a shout out to Sam Thompson. Actually, I stumbled oh. across one of his threads on mm -hmm. Twitter uh, early 2019. And I was like, Oh, this guy's a genius. Like it was just really great stuff on voice character arcs and everything. And um, yeah, so I just, I'm very much a self-taught screenwriter um, read lots of produced stuff that I liked and um got some hard hitting notes that helped him get better. So that's sort of my journey into screenwriting in a nutshell. Sure. That's awesome, man. I love hearing that you came from writing a novel and then like, I really like the idea of uh, was it seven interconnected short stories? Uh, mm -hmm. It's I really just, good I, too. Is it? Yeah. I really love <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, uh, a short story collection that also has a through line. Um, mm -hmm. It's just really dope. Uh, that's very cool. And you are Vancouver based, correct? Yes. Yeah. Over on Vancouver Island. Yeah. That's all great. Uh, Dan, how did you get into screenwriting? So I went to film school. Um, mm -hmm. I went to Hofstra university in New York. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, film was like the only thing I could think to study. I wish I hadn't gone to that school because <laughs> it is really expensive and I'm going to be paying for it still for a while. But, um, yeah, yeah I went to film schools and my degree kind of covered a whole bunch of stuff. So like mm -hmm. every phase of, you know, production and post and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So I did a few short films in college and after college and they cost money. So, um, yeah. I kind of focused a little bit more on writing cause I was like, well, I don't have to wait for anybody. Mm -hmm. It's like the cheapest version. I know that's maybe not the most passionate way to get into it, but I was like, you know what, let me just write a little bit more. And so, um, that's kind of how it started. I just started writing more and then luckily I did fall in love with it. And I was like, Oh, well, I'm just going to keep doing this. Cause again, it sort of felt like pure creation. I didn't have to wait on anybody. I could just do whatever I wanted and as much as I wanted. And again, back then I was using like Celtics or Celtics. I don't know. Right. I still don't know no, how to pronounce no it. one who has ever come on the show knows how. I don't know how. Yeah. We're all just saying Celtic Celtics. Right. I don't know. So the Boston Celtic. No. Um, so <laughs> like back then, like they had you could do a lot of scripts for free. And then they kind of switched and you had to pay for it if you had a lot of drafts or whatever. So um, but yeah, it's still it was the cheapest way to feel like I was still doing what I really wanted to do. So that's yeah, kind of how I got into it. 
Awesome. So I also went to film school and kind of a similar program. I majored in script writing, but I minored in production. So I did get to do mm. some production stuff. Yeah. Um, do you have any, like, I know I totally agree that like writing is free. You can just do it. You don't have to wait for anyone. You don't have to crowdfund. You don't have to do all that bullshit. I'm going through that right now, trying to make the next short film. And it's like, yeah. the, like, Every single one is just so much stress when you're like the main person trying to get it going. Mm -hmm. But I was wondering, do you have like still aspirations on the production side or directing side? And um, I would like to jump back into making like another short or something. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I I was honest when I said I listened to one of your last episodes. Um, and you, it was one of the longer ones and you got into like, uh, the gentleman who made his own feature or whatnot. Oh yeah. Levi Buchanan. Levi, Levi yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah. And listen to that. I was like, God damn it. I really want to make something right now. <laughs> I meant it after listening yeah. to that. I was like, do I have the money? Have I just been lying to myself for years? <laughs> like maybe I should do something. So, right. um, I don't know if the final thing is like, I want to be a director, like, you know, big time director or anything, but it did. I do still want to make some shorts and stuff like that. So, yeah, sweet. Um, yeah, I've actually, that's been like some of the best feedback I've gotten on that Levi episode. I didn't know if it was going to be a little too like filmy for this audience of mainly mm -hmm. screenwriters, but it actually was like pretty warmly received. And like you said, mm -hmm. people being like, man, I kind of just want to go fucking make my thing. And <laughs> yeah. I'm glad because like I think every writer should, um, again, it's a nearly impossible feat. It's so hard every time, but it is possible. Mm -hmm. uh, but I would encourage anyone, you know, just try to see if there's a way you could make your thing in a short. Um, that's rad. So next I want to ask you guys, uh, as a writing duo that met over Twitter, how did this come about? Uh, I I anyone can jump in. Okay. So I think that I can remember the context of it. Like we met in um pandemic twitter when everybody was flocking mm -hmm. and i think that it was okay i don't know this is where i'm going to sound ignorant but um so danielle nikki on yeah, twitter yeah. i believe yeah. that um she's the one who organized like market my screenplay where it was like log line mondays mm -hmm. and then okay mm -hmm. yeah so i remember i, I did it a few times a, yeah and one time there was a, it was just hashtag script swapped if you need notes. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure that's how I saw Dan's handle for the first time. We might've, maybe we followed each other from pipeline writers too. Probably. Um, but yeah. I think it definitely was from the script swap. Um, so thank you, Danielle. For that. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and um, yeah, so I had, it was a second feature that I'd written. I thought, well, like I've never gotten notes before. Um, I think that I have, an idea of what I want with this. This is could be a good opportunity. And then I think I got my notes to Dan first and my notes were just awfully, <laughs> just like, I loved it. Yay, it was great. <laughs> Cause I really yeah. did. I didn't have anything constructive to say. And then it's Dan hard in the beginning. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And like, especially with someone that you don't really know too. Mm -hmm. And then I just got these like awesome, like actionable constructive notes back from Dan. I'm like, Oh, this is what notes are. <laughs> yeah. And um, it really, um, anyways, it really refined the script a lot. And, um, I think we just stayed in touch for a bit after that kind of with subsequent drafts. And yeah, I, I think, so we did that initial script swap and then a few months later, I think we did another one. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I think that's when you sent me perfect filter. 
yes, uh, which is great. what he was referencing before. And, mm -hmm. uh, and then, yeah, I think we just kind of kept in touch and our styles felt similar and, mm -hmm. and yeah, we just kind of clicked. And then Todd Ooh. approached me, uh, about, you know, like he had this idea that he wanted to collaborate with someone and we kind of went into it with like, well, this could be nothing. This could be fun. Like mm -hmm. it could just be, you know, uh, it could be great. So like no pressure, let's just kind of try it out. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he kind of had like a one sentence pitch, this kind of horror comedy idea. And, uh, yeah, we just kind of ran with it after that. So yeah, it was kind of through pipeline writers and then script swaps and then staying in touch. And then, yeah, it was just kind of a Todd presented an idea that thought we could maybe be good together on. And it turns out we were. Yeah. <laughs> so, no yeah. Shit. yeah that's rad. Um, <laughs> so are you guys like considering yourself like a duo moving forward, like a partnership or do you think you're going to like drift off and do your own things? And like, and also if you haven't had this conversation yet, it's a weird time <laughs> to have it, but um, pause the interview. No. Yeah. yeah. Um, we haven't defined our relationship yet. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I can feel the tension by the way. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. Okay. <laughs> Everybody's laughing. Yeah. I think that like we, we just kind of went under with the whim of like, you know what, let's try it and see like this might, yeah, like Dan was saying, this might be awesome, or it might be a total failure. And if it if it is a failure, no harm done. We'll just carry on our separate ways. And right, um, yeah, and it turned into something good. And then we we I think after yeah, like we tried. I think we set the goal of let's try to have a first draft done. Like after doing an extent, a lot of legwork in the back. Um, legwork first and then we were aiming for a first draft in like six weeks and then we did it in three so we just found that wow. our like oh we seem to like and this was a, a absolute first draft like it wasn't uh -huh. fireworks yet but anyways we we worked really well together and then after we completed it we kind of started just another um brain dump of an idea that dan had for another feature and which we haven't written yet but we've got like probably a good Oh, sorry. Once we, no, I was just to say, I was so yeah. like, we're so close. Once, like, once we stop revising our own scripts and even yeah. like this one that we're working on, I really mm -hmm. want to jump back into that idea because I think it's going to be yeah. awesome. But yeah, um, yeah, probably, like, we had probably ten, yeah, we probably have like ten pages in a Google Doc of plus all the comments and everything for our next idea. So oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I, I, we haven't decided if we're gonna do everything together moving forward. I think mm -hmm. we do have like outside. I, I mean, we obviously came with our own scripts <clears throat> before we started writing together. Right. Um, we've joked about if it's easier to get sold, then I'll just tack his name on all of mine and he can tack my name on all of his. <laughs> yeah, there you and go. We can be a writing duo. Yeah, but, yeah, um, whole idea. Cause the advice you hear is <clears throat> never really positive about duos. It's like either you mm -hmm. are a duo all the time or you should write separately all the time. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and that's like kind of why I advice. Yeah. That's kind of why I ask because I mean, there also is the, the legal and financial business aspect of it, uh, of working as a partnership and sure. uh, how mm -hmm. there have, I can't think of any right now, but I remember reading something about the potential pitfalls of duos, just in the sense that there have been, 
cases where the money sways one way more than the other or one member gets greedy and like you guys seem like you're at a good foundation to where it's not like that but like two people who maybe aren't as um uh we're gonna be friends first and mm -hmm. then take care of this business deal maybe people who are more like the business deal is the first thing that i care about sure so they get a little bit greedy mm -hmm. and uh well i think i wrote 75 percent of it you know and like and yeah. they start getting in the nitty-gritty so yeah i i do hear you that i think there is like this negative connotation around it but um it's just like it's it's like i mean you know we joked about a relationship but it's kind of like that it's kind of like a relationship mm -hmm. or a marriage that like it's kind of up to you to to put in the work and maintain <laughs> a healthy mm -hmm. you know uh stasis in your relationship yeah. communication is key yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah, 100%. yeah for could, sure uh, and could absolutely see many examples of everything going really well in our situation but with the wrong partnership like it could not go well like even mm -hmm. just when especially mm -hmm. in like revision mode and everything we're like oh i think that like maybe we need to lose this line or change this line mm -hmm. it's like oh i love that one that i wrote or oh i don't know but then you i don't know i think that we just kind of had the understanding of let's try to take our egos out of this and yeah. but like if we can really say this is for the sake of moving the story along mm -hmm. to the best point that it can be. Mm -hmm. And yeah. 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 We both made concessions during revisions and we both like fought for stuff that we wanted to keep or, you know, we might go back and mm -hmm. forth, but it's never like malicious or anything, yeah. you know, it's always like, sure. there's always reason behind it. So it's just like, well, I yeah. wrote this, you're, you're deleting all of my lines. Like it has yeah. nothing mm -hmm. to do with that at all. It's just, yeah. it's always kind of like, is this what's best for the script? Yeah. And um, yeah, like, is this the best way to move forward? You look on the younger side. Uh, I'm, we're probably similar. How old are you guys? I'm 35, 35, 33. 33. Okay. Okay. I'm about to turn 34. So we're literally all uh, lumped in the same. <laughs> Me too. But yeah, August, I was going to say August, I'll turn 34. So oh, um, July 20th. There you go. Uh, cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm a cancer. <laughs> oh, oh, you're yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. 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 So Fair I've enough. had joke jokes about that my entire life. Uh, <laughs> no, but I was going to say that, you know, for, for younger folks, you know, maybe early twenties, maybe it's a little bit, uh more difficult to put those egos away and things like that especially if you're someone who like you know um because i used to play in bands when i was a teenager and early 20s and oh yeah you as well i thought yeah. i saw something uh about music sure. at some point on your twitter yeah but anyway yeah i uh was a little bit more i had a little more of an ego than i do now in the sense of like when i joked earlier about being a power craver power controller <laughs> yeah. I, I am i am a little bit but like not so much and especially with getting into directing and producing and the whole like making short films is like i've really learned to be like if i'm on set and a line that i wrote an actor is insisting like i really think it should be said like this i'll just be like let's do it you know uh mm -hmm. and back a younger me probably would have been like okay but listen like this is how i wrote it so <laughs> yeah. you know we got to do it and so i wonder if some of that just comes with wisdom i mean we're all still very young we got a long way to go yeah, in terms sure. of wisdom but still like i don't know maybe you're late my 30s have been the first time in my life in these last few years of being like oh i'm starting to like get it like things are starting to click a little bit i'm not as mm -hmm. dumb as i was in my 20s yeah, uh, yeah. and it feels I, great uh, 
I don't think I could have been a writing partner with a stranger 10 years ago. So I yeah, think you're absolutely, absolutely right. For sure. Yeah, just comes yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. Finding my own think, process and my own voice and going through all that stuff definitely helped in order to like collaborate better. So mm -hmm. for sure. For and sure. I, yeah. I think even just like, like in my journalism background where <clears throat> I remember the first like article that I had published in the school paper, like you turn something in, like everything's grammatically correct. It's going to go, it's going to be printed as is nothing's going to be changed. And then of course mm -hmm. it gets changed by the editors and yeah. you know, early twenties Todd was like, Oh, you just cut my heart out. That's not even what I created. And now you've been through like enough times of editing. You know, there's always going to be another draft and as mm -hmm. you know what the story is going to get told. So I think that it's yeah. Thirties me is a lot more, chill i mean yeah. i'm not always the most chill person still but i'm getting there even my 40s will be great right right yeah i think yeah it's just learning and yeah. and like you said too you know with being i mean you weren't exactly in screenwriting but writing is writing i kind of think yeah. like i think i could have a podcast with a novelist mm -hmm. and have just as interesting and mm -hmm. like smooth of a podcast because that's story mm -hmm. i think i could do it with a creative nonfiction writer as well like i mean like mm -hmm. Uh, I just listened to Conan the other day, Conan O'Brien interviewing David Sedaris, which he's interviewed him a bunch of times, but I, I love Sedaris. And uh, this is my pitch, David Sedaris, come on the show. <laughs> but no, uh, Reach but, out. Yeah, I, I totally feel you though. It's like uh, just, you're, you're able to let things go after writing for so long because you know that you just can't be precious. In the beginning, mm -hmm. you think that you can be, and then you kind of yeah. quickly learn that like, it's not possible to be very precious with your mm -hmm. words uh, if you want to have a career and keep getting better. I'm yeah. sure that right. we can all relate that some of the best, best parts of really polished things we've written didn't come from us. It came mm -hmm. from some note or some whatever. And it's like, man, that person should get a credit or something. Cause yeah. that was such a good note. Um, so I want to ask, uh, I think, Todd, you are currently represented. Yes. Right. Yeah. Integral artists. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Dan, are you not represented yet? I am not represented. I like, thank you for tacking on yet at the end. There. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. Happen, dude. I mean, I, shit, you're making moves. Scoop up Dan. Scoop up Dan. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Dan not repped yet. No. Okay. Well, I mean, you guys are making moves that exciting things are happening that we'll get into later. And it's kind of an inevitability in my opinion. Uh, and also just you obviously have the chops if you're making a, a deal soon but then um the right attitude all that shit it's gonna happen for sure uh but i wanted to ask todd uh when did you get repped how long have you been? oh yeah it's been relatively new hasn't it because yes, mine has yeah. as well i'm december 2021 mm -hmm. yeah it's um yeah the timing was kind of nuts with it so um have a another script of mine that um actually was the one that I got the notes from how I met Dan originally that I got a producer attached to it last summer and has been, been in development with him for a while. And there's a um, pending option coming. Um, so I can't talk too much about it yet, but I kind of mm -hmm. knew, okay, I'm, I know nothing about contracts, fine print, any of this stuff. Me um, either, I'm very dude. overwhelmed, very overwhelmed, but I, very overwhelmed by that. And me too. Um, I'm fighting the same. So yeah, so I had, um, oh, okay. I always try to do long story short, but I am so not a short story person. So I'm going to try to get this as concise as I can. Yeah. Um, all right. So about eight years ago, um, I had uh, an opportunity came up with Integral Artists that they were um, 
to join essentially as a agent trying to help start up a literary publishing side of things. Okay. Great opportunity. I signed on, left a stable job, um, but just it, this was a early twenties um, kind of ignorant Todd move. Hmm. Um, uh, yeah. My wife and I, we were, yeah, we were expecting our first uh, child as well. So it was just the, the agency was great. The partners were great. Um, it was exciting, but just going from something stable and salaried to pure commission with a baby on the way, it just, my, um, sensitive heart did not take it very well. There's the stress with it. So I had to, I had to back out of mm -hmm. that opportunity. That's understandable. Over the years. Yeah. And, um, anyways, therapy does wonders, <laughs> yeah. but, um, the anyway, so I kept a good relationship with uh, one of the founding agents over the years, just kind of like, hey, you know, I'm trying to start into screenwriting, never like asking like, oh, can you sign me or anything? Mm -hmm. um, but just kind of keeping up like with developments here and there. So now there finally is something with this um, script years later. Mm -hmm. And I said, if this option deal does come through, is this something that maybe even just like as a one off thing, just to not acting as my agent, but helping me negotiate it. And then, or like recommend uh, entertainment lawyer that, you know, just someone to help advocate for me. Sure. Um, so then he was the founding agent said, I'm just going to introduce, connect you to a colleague of mine, see if there might be any room on her roster. So it set up a, what kind of ended up being almost a bit like a general, just kind of a get to know you. She had no idea who I was or my background much. And mm -hmm. she said, yes, I can act for you on this, but I'd like to, read something that you've written too, just seems mm -hmm. like doing due diligence. So mm -hmm. she read the one that I had adapted from my short um, story and um, had some really good things to say about it. And like my, like my style, we jived really well. And, um, and there were notes, but then she said, I'd like to take you on as a adding you to my roster. As mm -hmm. well. So that happened. Uh, it was Easter weekend. I think I got the call actually Easter Saturday uh, where it kind of became official. Mm hmm and then um, me and Dan's, uh, I'll have to steal the thunder from later on, but no, our, yeah, so our shopping agreement that we were presented with um, yes. out of the blue came up and we're like, oh, wow, this is big and unexpected. Um, we have no idea what a shopping agreement is, yeah. all these terms. So she just yeah. kind of jumped in and um, represented both of us for that on um, for negotiating it. So, oh, cool. Sweet. Anyway, so so you are wrecked. wrecked. Dan, no, I'm just Tempor temporarily. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a technicality. Yes. Uh, no, no, no. That's that's super cool, though. That's all super exciting. Uh, yeah, funny story for me too. I um, recently also signed my first shopping agreement. Didn't have any that's idea awesome. what I was doing, and uh, my manager Jared. Thank you very much. Uh, I don't even know if Jared knows this. I don't think I told him. So if Jared, you're listening, I don't think you listen to my podcast, dude. But um, if you are, uh, he, I was coming out of a movie and uh, I looked at my phone and I was like, oh my God, because he had texted me saying, hey, uh, you know, so-and-so are sending over a shopping agreement. And I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. Send open Google shopping agreement versus option <laughs> screenwriting and yeah. just started reading the differences. Cause I was like, I don't know what the difference. I know yeah. usually you get an option, but, um, yeah. and then, you know what, I'll just clear it up real quick for people listening. Uh, yeah, if you do. don't know why not. Uh, so an option is when someone is actually going to pay you money to own 
your script for a set amount of time to try to get it uh, into production. Uh, and that's that you do get paid up front. Uh, I think you get 10% of what the uh, estimated script sale would be or something like that. Uh, I think so. Uh, again, I'm still dumb about it, but the difference with a shopping agreement is many times you don't get paid up front. Uh, sometimes you do. I understand it's kind of a murky thing, mm -hmm. but many times you don't, uh, because it is a production company, producer, whatever, acquiring the right to shop your script around town and try to gain interest, uh, gain financing, what I learned in my specific situation was like, they probably can't pay you the option right now because they simply don't have the money to finance <laughs> said script. Mm -hmm. They need to get the money to make the production happen. And then you mm -hmm. can get paid, which actually does make sense. Um, in my mind, every single person in Hollywood is just rolling around with millions of dollars ready to like pick up yeah. scripts. And funny yeah. enough, that is really not the case. And I understand how that would be bad business to, uh, do a lot of options. I heard something dangerous the other day. Um, oh, I'm not going to remember it. Never mind. I heard something on another podcast that was about like a certain type of like middle ground between shopping agreement and option that a lot of uh, pro screenwriters would like advise you to watch out for uh, because it can be kind of predatory. Uh, so I'm just going to leave you guys with that cliffhanger and make you like worry that <laughs> whatever that is, is. We'll, yeah. we'll go check our own agreement now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm sure yours is fine. And also I will throw out there that a shopping agreement is usually between like six to 18 months. Many times mine was for 12. Uh, initially they wanted yeah, 18 and mine well. it's 12. 12 for mm -hmm. us. Yeah. Yeah. Mine was 18 at first. And before I even heard about it, my manager had talked it down to 12. Uh, so I guess that was a thing just to like, you know, try to get things moving. But um, uh, yeah. And I think options are same amount, maybe two years, something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll keep it moving though. Um, uh, actually let's do a quick tangent because we're on the topic. Uh, tell me about your shopping agreement, the script, how that came about. You don't have to tell me the players. You don't have to tell me anything that you don't think you can share, but even just the vague version would help. Like what script it is, a log line, you know, whatever. Yeah. Whoever wants to jump in. Sure. Sorry. I feel like I've been left. <laughs> no, you're good. Oh, you're good. Um, so it started, our shopping agreement is with the ISA actually. Oh, cool. So, it started where we submitted our script to like one of the gigs, you know, that you can submit to through yeah, the ISA. I've submitted to quite a few, never heard back, but um, yeah. it's so cool to hear that it has worked for someone I know. Well, as far as I know, the person who posted the gig uh -huh. wasn't super interested. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. they passed. But oh. the people at the ISA who read it, they randomly reached out to us and they were like, we were really taken with your script mm -hmm. and we think it has potential. We'd love to just meet with you guys. So interesting. Yeah, within like a week, we yeah. jumped on a zoom with, um, I guess some higher up people in ISA. Like I said, I don't want to mm -hmm. name names just in case, but, mm -hmm. yeah. um, yeah, we met with them and we talked about some notes and what they thought about the script and then yeah, sent us a shopping agreement and, we had Todd's agent look it over and yeah. That's so. so rad. So for people listening who don't know, Network ISA is the International Screenwriting Associ Association, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that's cool. I didn't know that they had like any kind of producerial um, aspect to the company, but I guess yeah. like that the people you are involved with are acting as producers. I believe that's the yes, idea. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, and then they're probably going to go to production houses or financiers and try to acquire mm-hmm. financing most likely. Yeah. 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 I'm entering this new stage of my screenwriting career where I talk about things like that. And yeah. it feels so foreign <laughs> to me because before I, I was just like, what's a log like, I think line? I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah now Pro- I'm like, yeah. Producers like Jerry Bruckheimer. That's what I think like top level. Oh, that's yeah. a producer. Yeah. But no, there's yeah. a bunch of other ones. So, uh, oh, so yeah, uh, that, it's crazy. Yeah. Like the meetings that I've been having uh, since getting repped, like, yeah, it's just crazy because you get so nervous before your first general meetings with like an exec mm-hmm. at this company or an exec at that company and um they're all just people i mean they yeah. are very very intelligent and it's always very apparent that like mm-hmm. they are so keyed into the industry yeah, um, yeah in a way that like intimidates me every time like i had <laughs> my last meeting was with a really really cool person and um, she name dropped like four TV shows over the course of it. Like, uh, like you've seen mm-hmm. sure, whatever. Yeah. And uh, every single show I hadn't seen. And, oh. I, I, and I really like have trained myself uh, just in like conversations with anyone to not like lie and be like, Oh yeah, I've seen it. Cause like, and like me, it's not even like out of like, maliciousness it's that i feel so awkward whenever like someone's really excited about it and they're like you've Mm -hmm. seen it right and i'm like oh god i should have seen that so i just say yes but um i didn't do that and um i don't think it hurt my chances with them because you're in the room because they like your writing um and that's the biggest part but um you do feel like a jackass whenever they keep name dropping specific films or tv shows that you haven't seen yet Uh, because it's usually the most modern things that are happening right now Mm -hmm. and it's like it's so hard to keep up and i'm like i don't know how you guys are keeping up because you're obviously very busy Mm -hmm. Um, that was one of the things because when Dan and I were just sort of like, is this like, do we treat this like a general? Like we had no idea kind of walking into that initial meeting, what it was. So <laughs> we were okay, analyzing what, every word of that email we were analyzing. Yes, yeah. We're like, okay, so what do they yeah. actually want from us yeah. right now? So we're like, okay, yeah. let's, let's do some legwork. Let's talk about what, um, like our partnership, what our brand is. Um, and then I, the thing that I, the horror story that I, you know, I'll call, it would be a horror story to me. Um, but I see people tweet that say like, this is my biggest advice for a general meeting, have a list of shows or movies that you watched recently that you like. Cause mm-hmm. sometimes you get asked that question. You're like, um, like I watched full house when I was younger and that was fun. Like, <laughs> yeah. I can't think of anything else. Right. So it is yeah. good advice. I would say the thing I would put above that even um, that's definitely good. Have the shows that you're watching right now, the movies that you're watching, you're inspired by. But um, I would say the most important thing is to have specific comps to what you do, mm-hmm. uh, like what you're trying True. to do. Like, for instance, me, it's like usually like the Florida Project, if you guys have seen that movie mm-hmm. or uh, Short Term 12. Is I one. have. I can say that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you have seen. Yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, like, you know, I'll name like one or two other. Eighth Grade is a big one for me, Bo Burnham's mm. movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. mainly I just say those because a lot of them are pretty character driven. They're sure. kind of heartbreaking and humorous. 
um you know what i mean like stuff yeah. like that yeah. they're kind of hyper realism as well mm-hmm. which is something that i'm really into uh but yeah i would say like you know that's just for anyone listening if you uh if you're you know you hopefully all of us get into those situations but yeah have those things ready to go that's definitely a very smart thing to have your comps ready um so we were talking about brand let's talk about your guys' shared brand um Oof. how would you describe that uh both of you say it at the same time <laughs> no. like the newlywed game yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Yeah, whoever wants to jump in for that that bit that uh, Kristen Wiig and Fred Armisen used to do on SNL. I don't know if you guys have seen that, (laughs) where they improvise, try to say the same thing. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, uh, whoever wants to take it away. That's all you, Todd. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that we came to it with this project saying, like, neither of us had written a horror comedy before or, like, straight-up horror. Let's try for that. And our next idea that we have, it, and this, this one ended up being like on draft 10 is definitely, there's some comedic elements to it, but it's definitely much more focused horror. Like, um, and our next one that we are ready to start writing when we start writing um, is definitely another horror as well, but maybe a bit more kind of surreal, I guess, like fantasy, a bit, bit more fantasy. Yeah. Whereas this one is more like kind of haunted cabin in the woods. Um, cool, cool. More yeah. traditional horror. Yeah. Whereas uh, we seem to be on a one, horror trajectory, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So the next one, kind of like a like a art housey kind of horror type thing. Yeah. <laughs> let's, just end, let's just end the podcast. We've again, we've never really talked about kind of our shared brand, really. I mean, yeah, I think I'm sure it's true. I think one thing that Todd is really fantastic at is he just has like these hooks. He has a way of selling a script in like a sentence, and he he he's done it with his other like solo scripts, and he did it with me on this script. He's like, I want to do this cat, you know, like uh, it's called Cabin Cleanse. Okay. He's like, I want I want to do this script where like in order like these people rent out like an airbnb or like this cabin but in order to leave they have to like tell their darkest secrets or they have to like write a fake review about how wonderful it was even though they're like being tortured basically mm. and so like and multi-level uh, marketing from hell but yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i like that <laughs> and yeah once that hook happened i was just like okay and then we kind of went from there and so it is very like kind of personal you know like it's a small cast it's very much about like the uh, interpersonal relationships and confessing your secrets and how well do you really know the people that are closest to you Mm -hmm. which kind of adds to the horror a little bit because i think i think that's scary like yeah not knowing your friends as well as you think you do and kind of seeing their true colors and stuff like that so 100 percent, i really like that as a horror premise And I think that as it kind of developed more, like there was even a little bit of a, almost a little bit of a benevolence to it as well, where you realize like, oh, maybe it's not all like your darkest things that you've done, but just like the deepest parts of you. And it kind of became like, it's like the horror of being known. Yeah. Who you are, like the good and the bad. But yeah. So that's really interesting. And I'd say that, um, what I really appreciate that Dan brings to the table is like after we would have like a meeting or whatever, like he'd just be immediately into our, our shared Google doc with like, okay, like here's some background research on this kind of um, lore or mythology. Um, these are things, I don't know, there's a real like 
yeah, I'd say a, a research mindset where it's like, okay, like, yeah, like hooks are, hooks are good too, but we got to get them. Like, it's got to be strong. Do we have enough that it's strong to, that it won't just get pulled out to sea or whatever. So, mm-hmm. um, I think that's, and that's apparent in his scripts as well, that they're very well researched. Um, but sure. it doesn't feel like you're reading research when you're watching it too. So, right. It feels authentic um, though. Yeah. So to I think whatever it's you're writing kind about. of those things that somehow fuse together a bit of a, an organic brand for the two of us with that. Yeah, that's cool. Awesome. And I guess for the foreseeable future, you're sticking with horror. The yeah. next one is it's horror. Like an, it's like an unfortunate mm-hmm. thing that like, you know, that, that conversation comes up on Twitter all the time. In fact, I just saw it like 30 minutes ago or uh, shortly before we did this. That was someone tweeted, um, how did you find your brand? or whatever, uh, how did you find, how long did it take you to find the genre that is your brand? And then someone replied to that and said, it's all about story, never about genre. And it was kind of like a, like a dickish tone. (laughs) I was like, "Uh, uh, because I know, I know the person, the, the app or whatever of the tweet, I know that they meant no harm, but um, people are weird on Twitter. But uh, I think there's uh, something to that though, to be fair. Like there is something to that. Yeah. Like, Cause I like to write a bunch of different genres. Mm-hmm. I remember, you know, again, when I first started, it was like, don't so much write what you know, but like write what you want to watch, you know, yeah. that kind of a thing. I think that's way mm-hmm. better advice anyway. Like write the movie that you would want to watch instead yep. of write what you know. Sure. And, um, you know, from, from that, I think it, um, I lost, Oh, I lost my train of thought real fast. Um, Oh, oh, uh, it's more about story than, than genre. Yeah. So like, I like to watch a whole bunch of different genres. So mm-hmm. I like to write a whole bunch of different genres, especially because yeah. comedy is sort of my go-to, but I feel like when I write comedy a whole bunch, all the jokes start to feel a little similar. All mm-hmm. the characters start to feel a little similar. I like to break it up a little bit until I can really come up with something that I enjoy. So yeah, I sense. think even on our, one of our calls with the ISA, they were saying like, yeah the the brand is more mm-hmm. about sort of your theme like the theme you keep going back to mm-hmm. as opposed to the genre you keep going back to and you yeah. know you can spread that across multiple genres so mm-hmm. i would agree yeah see i agree and i disagree i'm somewhere in the <laughs> middle and i only yeah. say that because I'm, i mostly agree um but like i was just talking to a writer who had dm'd me uh asking about brand and like how did you find your brain and blah, blah, blah. And like, for me, it, it, it changed whenever I got a manager because I realized that like when you're coming up and you're trying to get represented, a lot of your brand, your thinking is like, um, I'm selling myself to someone to believe in me as a writer and like know who I am and like, uh, what I'm trying to do here. But with like, the, once you get a manager, you realize that the brand the the thing the reason that you need such a succinct and identifiable brand that kind of stands out as well is that that's what your manager is going to use every single time they email anyone about you and contact anyone so for me he kind of gate well uh him and all the people at epicenter i guess uh there's like i think six or seven managers and then the person i had an initial meeting with was my manager jared and mm. the then coordinator, Haley Charis, who has now been promoted to manager. But um, they kind of like put it in my head 
that like, yeah, what we like about you is that you are writing these stories, these dramas, whatever, but they're about these Midwest working class people. Mm -hmm. And um, like Jared was like, I'm from Alabama and like people like us don't get into movies and TV a whole terrible lot. And yeah. um, and he referenced like shit like uh, like Hell or High Water and things like that. God, where you that get, movie. Oh, it's so fucking rad. But you yeah. get this peek into, you know, uh, I mean, that's not regular American life, but it is a little closer to what some people identify with than L.A. and New York. Sure. And um, so but we talked about that. And once he told me that, that, yeah, what you're doing. And he was like, we had a conversation before this meeting. Like, do we have any writers on our roster who do exactly that? the way that he mm. does it. Cool. And they were like, ultimately we decided we don't. And that was kind of how I got brought in. So cool. I say that to say how specific my thing had to be to be considered, yeah. but also that like, mm. um, that's like the thing that people are uh, biting on more than, you know, he's a dramedy writer or he's this or that. So like, I, I do agree, but however, I think there is something to sticking to a genre. Yeah. There's just something mm -hmm. there that a lot of people, it feels safe. It feels like yeah. we know what we're getting from Jordan Peele. You know, mm -hmm. like we want to keep, we want to stay in the business of Jordan Peele because we know what we're getting. These very yeah. heady horror films that mm -hmm. usually touch on a social issue. And yeah, I don't know. I Recently, I heard something similar, especially when you're first trying to break in. It's like, yeah. you, great, you don't want to be pigeonholed. Fine, we get mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Technically, Ooh. you can write whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. But if you want to sell something, you should laser focus that so that you have, yeah, a particular style, a particular brand, a particular genre. I yeah. mean, yeah, and no one's stopping you from writing whatever you want. Mm -hmm. But in order to pitch you, it's the same. <clears throat> Everybody wants to be pitched in that one sentence. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if you can mm -hmm. do it one sentence and that sentence is as exciting and unique yeah. as possible, then that's the way to, to go probably. So Yeah. And it's just so weird that I've heard so many professional writers say that like, um, it's just kind of how it is out there that, you know, if, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of a newer person who is just kind of breaking in, but let's say the newest hot comedy person. Uh, they've written a couple comedy features. They wrote a comedy pilot. All of these things are hitting. And then all of a sudden they want to do a gritty psychological <laughs> thriller. And mm -hmm. um, there's just something on the business side of the industry that oftentimes will be like, why don't they do a comedy? Cause mm -hmm. like they're thinking in terms works. of dollars yeah. and cents. Yeah. And it's like, this person yeah. has proven that people like yeah. their sense of humor um, I don't know if we want to get in business with that. We do want to get in business if they want to continue writing comedy. Uh, so it's just this goofy thing. And I like, I'm not acting like I have the answers. All I'm saying is like, I'm really just kind of giving my opinion on how murky the whole thing is and how much sure. it just, yeah. it kind of sucks and is confusing for writers, uh, myself included. Mm -hmm. but, uh, anyway, uh, I did want to move into like you guys, your writing, your process, all these things. So it's really interesting having a duo on here for what is your guys' writing routine like? Um, how do you get pages done? Like, uh, do you guys have meetings at set times? Do you have a recurring weekly meeting? Do you, are you sporadic? Um, you know, is it, you both have day jobs, so you got to meet at night. Like, what's it like for you guys? How is that all working out? 
Yeah, we had actually never even done a Zoom until after we did our first draft. Like it was just, <laughs> we just messaged on Twitter lots. Like I'm like, what? I don't even know what Dan's face really looks like. I know like he has a nice handsome profile in his Twitter uh-huh. picture. Yeah. <laughs> maybe his voice sounds like this. Maybe it sounds like this. And um, Wow, that's shocking yeah, so to me. Like, <clears throat> yeah. And yeah. Um, it, it worked. Like we... Yeah, obviously. Um, yeah, I think it just started with... Uh, and that was part of our kind of like determine the relationship that we had determine the process, I guess, with saying, okay, like I write this way, you write this way. What's a way that we can go together. And, mm-hmm. um, Dan had a, has a really great methodical practice of, I mean, after the brain dump and everything, like we kind of, um, got like our, our cast list. We tried to come up with, um, like, their quirks, their fears, body language, mm-hmm. um, things that like that, stuff. the beats that we wanted to hit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then just the arc of the story, the lore, everything that would go with it. And then um, did a scene by scene outline. So we're definitely both outliners and that worked in our favor. Mm-hmm. Um, and we spent a lot of time shuffling scenes on that outline. Mm-hmm. And then I think we just said, okay, let's, let's start. And I think I might've done the, I think we were saying like, maybe we'll just like, you do a scene, you do a scene. Um, and we didn't edit anything as we went. We said, let's get a first draft. So I think we kind of started with alternating by scenes. And then sometimes it'd be a short ones and it'd say like, well, I'm, I'm on a little bit of a uh, feeling on a good sprint right now. I'm going to try to do the next two. I typically, um, and we're in different time zones too. Um, I've got my, three crazy kids and Dan works long hours too. So mm-hmm. I typically would write, do my pages in the morning and Dan would usually hop in at night and we'd usually be messing each other, messaging during the day a bit. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think that there were maybe two times that we both were in the, we use writer duet um, mm-hmm. that we were both in there at the same time making mm-hmm. notes and we're like, Oh gosh, we're having an actual writer session for like yeah. maybe five minutes or whatever. But yeah. God, that's fascinating um, because you guys are both yeah. so busy uh, with yeah. your own lives outside of this thing. And it's just so cool that you're making it work. Yeah. I mean, Twitter for sure. We message all the time that definitely mm-hmm. uh, keeps it up. And then again, the idea was just to <clears throat> use things that we could collaborate online. So yeah, Google docs and writer duet. It would just so mm-hmm. happen. We both used writer duet, which was nice. Also that mm-hmm. really worked out. Yeah. Yeah, for um, sure. But yeah, just like making notes and like, Ooh, you know, I like this. Oh, this is really cool. What if we did this? You know, like, mm-hmm. and again, we have kind of a really long document that's mostly formatted in a normal way, but yeah. <laughs> you know, like a lot of notes on the side panel and we just kind of communicate through that because our schedules are so different. But yeah. Yeah. I think what let us finish so fast is like Todd was saying, he would do it in the morning he would write in the morning and then I would write after work and um, we were doubling up on scenes damn near every day. And so, you know, that's awesome. Just, just kind of works for, uh, for, you know, our lives right now. Anyway. Yeah. And I think, I don't know if it's as much, if this is as true for Dan as it is for me that I'm not as much of a, like one of my worst fears is being in a writer's room, like for a show and like having to like write on the spot and like collect, I'm much more of like, oh, let me process this, think about it. And then I can get my ideas out. So sure. um, that's how I work best. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a great writer. Hire me, please. I want to work for you. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoever's yeah. listening. <laughs> but um, at least like kind of a, as I'm in an early stage right now. So I think it, it, 
I appreciate that with our schedule and with our routine. It's like, oh, I can like ponder these things that Dan's bringing up and I can mm-hmm. respond to them a little more thoughtfully. And then we just yeah. kept our momentum going. But, I feel like we kind of, we ponder out loud, basically. Like if I'm thinking yeah. about something, I'll just write it down in the document and I'll be like, what do you think about this? Mm-hmm. And like, no judgment. It might be shit, might not work, whatever. But like, I just want maybe like just to put it out there. And so mm-hmm. I think that's part of it too. Like, yeah, we're processing on our own time, but we're also going to do it out loud so that like, I know exactly where Todd's headspace is pretty much like mm-hmm. on this particular sequence and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. And then as for like yeah. the outline, like, yeah, we, we pretty much just divvied it up, but again, it was all about like communicating. So if I was, if it was my turn to write a scene and I didn't feel like I just, I couldn't see it or I wasn't feeling it. I was like, I was like, would you mind taking this scene and then I'll do the next one kind of a thing. Like just being really Mm -hmm. open about like, I'm struggling with this. Can you Mm -hmm. take a look at it and maybe tweak it and fix it? Or are you okay Mm -hmm. with taking this, especially as we have been doing revisions over the last two months that especially we've definitely been like, I don't feel this scene please handle it. Not me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like such a cool thing too, about a writer's duo is you're almost getting your first round of notes as you write, because it's someone outside of your brain. Sure. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Cause that's like something writing solo. You don't get, you know, uh, yeah. sometimes so just hearing you guys talk, I wonder sometimes about how much better it would be for me to talk things out as I'm writing with another human being who has lived yeah. another life and has different, <laughs> thought processes and everything uh yeah it's just really interesting and then we kind of like we kind of talked process there but i would ask um in place of that what is the rewrite process like for you guys yeah i think that i think we let it sit for a little bit and i think we just kind of each kind of went through on our trying to remember from like before we had our shopping agreement, cause there were lots of drafts leading up to that, but um, we just kind of went through it on our own independently and would drop comments um, mm-hmm. in writer duet or say like, I think that, yeah, this page, uh, I think that this, we're kind of missing a transition here or, um, oh, this actually should be moved up down to act three or whatever. This dialogue isn't consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was similar, just lots of lots of dropping comments and then re- responding on those. Yeah. And yeah. we got a lot of peer notes too through Twitter. Yeah. You, you know, <laughs> luckily, <laughs> you know, both of us have been networking quite a bit through Twitter. So like we had people <laughs> that we wanted to send it to. And so yeah. we would get notes and then we'd kind of collect that and <clears throat> talk about the notes, see what again, just like anytime you get notes, like what were common things that we kept getting from different people and yeah. what we agreed with or you know, stuff like that. And so, yeah, we didn't submit it to festivals. We got coverage once, right? Yeah. We did, um, we screenplay. We screen, yeah, yeah. I love, I love just... doing them. The classic yeah. notes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It was great too. Yep. Mm-hmm. So oh, sorry. They, I mean, they, they gave good notes. The experience was great. Um, there are some <laughs> notes that they gave back that were good for us to consider too. Yeah. Basically every time we yeah. do a new draft, we just open up a new doc. I'm like, this is a revision of June, mm-hmm. 2022. And then again, we take what we think were solid notes and then we just start dumping again and then yeah. making little changes and stuff like that. So, yeah. Nice. I think yeah. that we had just kind of left it alone for a while too. Cause that too, yeah. yeah, we were just busy with our own other projects and stuff and, for sure. life and then when the isa reached out to us and then 
um, yeah, it was at a very, a pretty big rewrite that we did in about four weeks. And then mm-hmm. we thought, oh, we feel like we really nailed it. We can kind of leave it alone for a bit. And then we got the feedback really quick. Mm-hmm. And there was more notes that were, again, very helpful. I think we did that rewrite in eight days, I think. Um, yeah, that was a fast one. So, yeah, it was very fast for sure. But I think just we had a process that we had established and gotten to know. And I said, okay, these rewrites aren't as scary now because we feel like we've come up with a good flow. Um, yeah. 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 So interesting. I love, I love hearing about it. Were you going to say something, Dan? I was just gonna say, like, I, I feel like when we're confident about a change that we want to make, we just kind of do it. And then it's, if I'm questioning something, then I'll kind of present it to Todd, but never once mm-hmm. have, has he like made a decision on his own where I was like, dude, you should have ran that by me first. We're again, <laughs> creatively just sort of very much on the same page. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that is, yeah, just going through the different drafts and the revisions mm-hmm. and just being yeah. very open and communicating and stuff. So that's yeah. sick. This is making me realize how much of a power control person I am. <laughs> Cause I'd be like, you did what? <laughs> oh man. Uh, no, but I, I really love it and admire it. Uh, so, uh, how long did it take you to get that first draft done? Like from starting the, Hey, let's write a thing together to finishing first draft. Seven weeks. Mm-hmm. Seven from weeks. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think it was nice. about four weeks of like brainstorming the ideas, mm-hmm. and then three weeks for the first draft. First draft. Sick. How many yeah. pages? That first draft. I feel like a we probably hundred, maybe. Yeah. Hundred one, hundred two, maybe. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. There. Yeah, that's the sweet spot. Yeah. Um. Right on. And then you already kind of talked about this. You gave it to We Screenplay. You got some peer notes on Twitter. Um, you didn't enter contests. Uh, I guess, is that like something, but like, let's talk about your next script. Um, do you think you're going to take the same route? And do you think that you'll immediately get another shopping agreement from IS? No, I'm just joking <laughs> about that part. That yes. would be amazing. Yeah, up, yeah, we're confident up, that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. no, uh, but uh, let's say like, you know, because th- this was a very like uh, uh, unconventional thing to happen to start mm-hmm. a new writing partnership for one script and then to get a shopping agreement like very quickly is pretty amazing and just a cool inspiring story but like let's talk about the next one and take an immediate shopping agreement off the table Uh, (laughs) how do you think you're going to go about that like do you think that you might enter contests and uh do the thing that a lot of uh, you were probably doing before you became a uh partnership temporarily or however long it is but um do you guys have you talked about that do you see that happening It'd be nice to be able to split contest submission fees. Yeah, it would <laughs> <That's> be. <true. laughs> um, so I, I don't enter many. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I don't know. I don't want to say I've soured on competitions because I definitely think they have their place, especially some of them. I know mm-hmm. you with nickel gave you yeah. a huge, huge yes. boost. Yes, but no, I totally agree with what you're saying. When I look back at my contest history, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things I could have done different. Yeah. But I definitely am going to be way pickier. Mm-hmm. in the future and mm-hmm. so yeah, as you um, should yeah, yeah i think yeah i i could see us it's not that we were against contest for cabin cleanse i don't know it just kind of 
it kind of worked out where like the money we were going to spend on contests, we kind of did it for our own stuff at that time. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. we were still entering so. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that it just kind of started as something fun to do. Like we didn't really have that any too. goals in mind when we started collaborating. We thought maybe there's just something that we can add to our, um, to our roster. Um, or to our respective rosters, but then obviously it was a joint one. Mm-hmm. And it's going to sound like really stupid, but I think, yeah, we just tried to focus on having fun with it yeah, and an experiment to see kind of where it would take us. I don't think we really had any goals in mind with it. And, um, it's, it's, and it's so funny that well, it's the thing that hit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, and it's, it, like, it's funny how that happens. Yeah. And we, and I we think there was a lot a... of maybes, right? It was like, well, maybe yeah, we'll yes, do there a were contest. Some maybes, maybe yeah. we'll and, do this. Like, but, and there you was know. some maybe, like, there was a little bit of, like, some expressed interest from others as well in the story. That's true. Like, um, nothing ever got off the ground. It just always had come down, like, yeah, it was like, oh, well, this would be a great movie to make. We've got interested people, but like, we don't know where we would get the money for it. And just yeah. crowdfunding and everything. And some people are so skilled at that, like have a real gift with, mm-hmm. um, I mean, you guys have both done shorts as well. You know how much goes into that. And yeah. Um, yeah. and it was sort of at the time where, yeah. So I mean, we kind of had like some nice affirmation in the story and the script, but yeah. And we just kind of left it there um, as a, Hey, you know what? This is something that we, we wrote something really good together and it's, it was a fun experiment. And I, yeah. Yeah. Throughout the log line every once in a while on Twitter and yeah. 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 It's, it's a great tool. Twitter is a great tool. Mm -hmm. I, every time I come across screenwriters who aren't, don't know much about Twitter, aren't active. I always throw it out there. Like, listen, this is a tool that changed my life. Like, uh, yeah, mine too. Um, yeah, it's just like you. I've gotten opportunities that I would not have gotten. Uh, I've made friendships that I would not have had. Uh, yeah. We wouldn't be here having this conversation, which is a great yeah. conversation, by the way. Like, it's just so fun meeting new writers and hearing the journey and like confiding in each other about how tough it is. And one yeah. thing I wanted to say, too, and I don't mean this as a diss, I hope that it comes across as like a compliment. Uh, to the way that you're apprehensive about contests with your specific project. Now, I'm not a horror writer. I've done some horror shit, and I'm a huge fan. I'm a massive mm. horror fan. Mm-hmm. But um, I kind of stick in my lane at this current time with, like, the dramedy stuff is working well for me. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, I did write a horror feature, and, like, I think it's all right, but, like, it's not my strongest shit, mm. uh, and I just know that. But um, I was going to say, like, contests aren't, super friendly to horror whenever it's like oh it's kind of like the oscars it's you know like yeah uh they they almost get snubbed and um Mm -hmm. this you know horror what's that i was gonna say unless it's like a very like a horror specific contest exactly yeah Uh, yeah, yeah, the general ones like you would say I, i agree with you on that yeah, and I almost wonder, and this is me just speculating, I don't know shit, by the way, like anyone who is ever listening to this, just know that I know that I don't know shit, but um, like, I, I almost wonder if the money and the energy would be better spent on a good horror script like yours, like just taking other avenues rather than saying, we want to get in this contest and the goal is to win. Because that's already mm-hmm. like so hard, no matter what genre yeah. you're in. Mm-hmm. You know, entering a horror in the nickel, I haven't heard many good things. 
Uh, just mm-hmm. because, I mean, the Academy, like fucking Hereditary, couldn't even yeah. get a nomination. Oh, that's the, one of the biggest like crimes. One of the yeah. biggest snubs. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I just like I wonder what your guys' opinion is on that. Like, uh, it, it, does that have a play in it? Like, we can use our energy and our money in a different way for what we're specifically trying to do. Because I kind of yes. wonder if, like, you know, mm-hmm. it, again, it is very hard to make a short film, but I kind of wonder, like, you know horror shorts are horror is such a good genre for shorts mm-hmm. half the shorts i've made have been horror because yeah, yeah, yeah. they're just my first, my first one was yeah you yeah. know they're you make everything dark and <laughs> you know, yeah very moody not, and it's uh, like you can not that end, there's, end that with there's no twist. challenges or anything but like mm-hmm. yeah you can kind of sure. make it weird and you know short and and whatever yeah. there's yeah. definitely and, think, and with a bang a la, like lights out you know so simple yeah. And, uh, and I think that it's one of those genres where, um, you know, it doesn't necessarily need star power necessarily. Like in the actors, like if you're like trying to evoke an emotion yeah. and you want talent, you want talent, you want of people course. that can be scared to make you scared as an audience as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, we're kind of just entering this new age where like the talent (laughs) of uh, the performers in horror has like the bar has kind of been raised for the top tier of horror. And I love Mm -hmm. that. I've always said uh, before the whole term elevated horror was even a thing like in the early 2000s and, you know, through 2010 and shit. I always said my favorite horror movies are the ones that either had either or have both, but they can have either. Uh, really good performers who you don't typically see in a horror movie. Like if you even mm-hmm. wanted to call seven a horror movie, you know, mm-hmm. like sure. uh, having, you know, yeah. cast. But then the others, um, Nicole Kidman and the others, I feel like 100%. Yes, yeah. yes. Or even like, you know, Signs isn't horror, but it kind of is. But like, sure. and oh, also, I, mean, scene. <laughs> I still think of that. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. like one of the most memorable scenes for people our age because mm-hmm. we all saw it at a time where yeah. it was a shocking thing to see. But um, uh, yeah, and I mean, Mel Gibson's bullshit aside, he kind of sucks. Yeah. But th- mm-hmm. his performance in that movie is fantastic, and like Joaquin yeah. Phoenix and Abigail Breslin and just everyone hitting uh, hitting home runs. But um, that or uh, horror that has a strong theme, uh, a thematic, mm-hmm. you know, a real story. Um, many, 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 many horror movies that I love don't have that, and it's fine. It's a slasher flick. It's whatever, you know, Ghost in the House. But um, now that we're in this new stage that everyone's calling elevated horror, like, I'm, it's my favorite thing. And the way you guys describe your, you know, thematic, the way, the way that you're thinking about your next project thematically, I'm like, oh, that automatically sounds my shit because it's not <laughs> just some horror movie. And whether or not it's good mm-hmm. is a whole other thing. But the fact that you're taking a swing to make something in the horror space that matters, a story mm-hmm. that is like a story, um, it's not just something thrown together for cheap yeah. jump scares and shit. It's like, no, yeah. we're trying to like say something about our lives or the world, mm-hmm. uh, whatever, our human experience um, is my favorite shit. Uh, I forget where I was even going with that. I think I started talking <laughs> off a year. Yeah, point. just about <laughs> horror as a genre. And yeah, um, yeah, I think that 
like I'm my wife, she hates horror movies, mm-hmm. but usually like I can get her to watch one with me a year. And for some reason it usually ends up being on Halloween. I have oh, to nice. be very selective with which one it is, but I mean, I turned, she became a fan of the shining. So that was like my, my big accomplishment. But yeah. anyways, um, but because of that, like, I'm very much a, like, if it's a, where it was something really profound, like, um, I'm most drawn to stories that I need to talk to someone about and like process with after, even if they haven't even seen it. Like after I watched get out and hereditary too, mm-hmm. um, I just came home. And I'm like, okay, I know that you are probably never going to watch this movie. So I can tell you the plot, like everything that happens. <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah. I need to process this. And, yeah. um, I think that, I think that's kind of where I've tried to get my brand of the stories I want to tell. Like I'm typically right in the thriller horror, horror lane. Um, but I think the theme is that it's uh, cathartic stories that go down easy, but mm-hmm. s- stay with you after mm-hmm. the credits roll, if there are credits one day on what mine. But um, <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. And I was talking to um, my friend, Twitter friend uh, Scott Ledger, Leisure. Yep, I know. Anyways, and my picture mm-hmm. is name, yeah. Um, yeah. But we were talking about Hereditary, and he says that movie. It felt like you know the meme where it's like that kind of middle-aged woman. She's just kind of like hunched over her legs, like. like she's out of breath he's like that's how i felt i'm like that's exactly i'm like that's the type of like the catharsis where it's like that or a movie that it sort of felt like a really good cardio session that yeah dude it worked you while you were doing it and you're going to remember it after because you feel something from it from that like 15 minutes in the twist that you kind of don't really see coming uh i don't want to spoil it even though it's a few years old it's a movie (laughs) that should never be spoiled no matter how old it gets because if someone hasn't seen it they need to see it there's yeah, mm-hmm. multiple moments where you're like, what the fuck? Yes, yeah. 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 And I saw it in yeah. theaters as well. And it was like Me dead too. silence for a good like 20 mm-hmm. minutes. Yeah. And, I was, uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, no. Anyways, and I've like willingly watched it another like six or seven times. And it still like shocks me every time. But Yeah, um, me too. I uh, yeah. Funny story. I can't remember if I've said this on the podcast or not. I might have. But um, Hereditary, I went with a group of uh, friends that I do improv stuff with. And we went and we saw it and we, and I was like, that blew my fucking mind. Like, because as a lifelong horror fan, I had just never seen a horror movie like that. That made me feel like that. So the next day I got my other friend who's a horror fan. I was like, dude, we got to go see it. Like you have to see this because I know you love horror. So the next night I went and saw it. And then, uh, and I fucking loved it again. And after the movie, mm-hmm. I'm like talking to him about it forever. And then uh, the day after, my the person who got me into horror is my mom. And I was like, "Mom, we gotta oh, go see this that. movie together." And like, <laughs> I fucking went three days in a row and saw her yeah. three days in a row whenever it was in theaters. Yeah, um, I love that. Uh, and and every single time, it was great. It was mm-hmm. great yeah. every time. Uh, I love that movie so much. So good. We uh, can just talk about that for the next 35 sure, yeah. minutes if you want. <laughs> we really could. We could say from this point on, there will be spoilers and we could just talk yeah. forever. But um, so, yeah, we covered uh, well, it, it, this. This episode's a little different because you guys have only completed one together and then you have one in the works. So, sure. so I'm finding as we go that I didn't do enough prep it, with that in mind. But uh, no, let's good. get let's get into this. Um, what are your guys' day jobs? Whoever wants to start, are you? Uh, well, first, are you comfortable sharing that? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. What are your day jobs? I think you might have already said something, Todd. But if you just want to, 
yeah, so I, as of the last year, I do marketing and communications for a local hospice society, actually. Um, <laughs> so it's basically all about dying with dignity and companionship and support for surviving family members. Um, I do a lot of impact stories and writing for fundraising. So it's very much focused on heaviness and death and honoring emotions. Um, but I'm a very, I'm a, I don't know everything lead, I, I lead with emotion. So it's a really good fit for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's what I, that's what I do when I'm not doing this. Very interesting for a writer. Yeah. You know, the name of the game for us is empathy. Uh, very mm-hmm. interesting day job for a writer, mm-hmm. for sure. I'm sure that, uh, some of those feelings that you've had at work have made your way into your work at some point, your mm-hmm. writing work. Uh, that's yeah. really cool. Dan, what do you do? Mine's much colder. <laughs> I work in a morgue. No. I'm, a, I'm a support and training manager for a small software company. So we do, oh, um, we do camp management software. So like summer camps and day camps who need to run their program. That's mm-hmm. what we do. So cool. That's yeah. rad. Yeah. Keep the lights on. Keep the dream alive. It does indeed. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. Uh, and I'll just share guys. I do videography at weddings. <laughs> I don't know why I want to share. I feel left out. <laughs> no, uh, no, that's red though. Um, and then I just, you create, I just you create people's memories. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I guess I'll talk about it for a second. Yeah. It is fun uh, going out and doing weddings. I had only attended a, a handful before I got this job and now I've been to a bunch of weddings yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it is fun. And then I also edit the videos and like the cool thing for me is that like I shoot like, two times maybe three times a month and then i edit a few videos and that money is able to sustain me so while i am uh not making much money and kind of making the bare minimum to pay my bills uh, i'm doing that as a way to have a lot of time to focus on the dream and uh, it's been working out so far you know when it boils down to like making the new short film though i know that i need outside investment through crowdfunding and if anyone else wants to <clears throat> donate larger amounts like i just talked to maria miala the other day and she mm-hmm. had like one investor give like 10 grand and one investor give like five grand for yeah. a feature that she made i think she raised 43k which yeah, was that was a remarkable pretty I really that episode yeah it's and i'll drop it uh bring me an avocado that's on amazon prime you can watch it maria is the shit so check that out yeah but amazing. um but yeah like you know, so it's, it's cool in a sense that I get all this time to work on my dream, but it does suck that like, uh, you know, I kind of wish I had a full-time gig where I had a pretty decent salary and I could maybe not worry as much about the, uh, the, the you know, you don't know if your crowdfund is going to work out, sure. you know, and that's the scary thing. It would be nice to just have my money. Uh, I listened <laughs> yeah. to an interesting thing the other day too, that I'll just share with people. Um, it was Mark Duplass in an interview with uh, Vice, and he was saying uh, they they got on the topic about how a lot of people say in Hollywood that the number one rule is don't spend your own money. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And he was like, I think the exact opposite, because when he was trying to get one of his films financed early on, there was a lot of interest in him and his brother, Jay Duplass, were taking a mm-hmm. lot of meetings And everyone was like, yeah, we love it. We love it. Uh, We want to give you money like right now, Uh, like, you know, for the movies that they make, I think his number was 250 K is what they were getting thrown. And uh, which was cool. And it was enough for what they do. 
but everyone had script changes. Every single person had, had script changes. So they ended up um, not taking that money that was on the table, which is, I mean, it's very hard because they weren't the Duplass brothers yet. Like they, they were still on the come up and they were leaving, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars on the table from these producers because they didn't want them to fundamentally change the script. Sure. And uh, they, they ended up independently being able to get it done with their money for 50, 50 K. And they made the thing and it ended up being a success. And I think he said they made 16 times back their budget. Mm-hmm. And is that uh, the puffy chair? Yeah, I think it was the puffy think, chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, one yeah. of those uh, producers or financiers or whoever that they met with sent them a text after they played at uh, one of the big festivals and said uh, something to the extent of like, you know, I, I understand that I'm eating crow here. And I think he said like crow taste, uh, this crow doesn't taste very good or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Mark was just like, ah, I like you for saying that, though. you know, mm-hmm. like, thank you for saying yeah. that. But it's that thing of like, um, you know, he didn't have his vision altered. And also, you know, when you talk about, and again, this is my ignorance of deals and how they all work, but I do know that like, if you can get it done with your money, uh, even if your film ends up not having the extra few hundred thousand dollars or millions of dollars that you could have from a bigger uh, producer or studio, um, the the back end money, you know, there's something <laughs> to not having a whole bunch of hands in it, you know, and sure. having it belong to you. Uh, and I'm speaking from a complete place of ignorance. I haven't been through this process yet, but that's kind mm-hmm. of the gist that I get from it. And from what uh, those before me have said, mm-hmm. um, what are you guys' hobbies outside screenwriting? I like just smoothly just hopping into the yeah. next question. <laughs> what are your guys' hobbies outside of screenwriting? Um, I I like to disc golf. You disc oh, golf sick. much? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I um, I haven't, but I've always thought it looked fun. Mm-hmm. It, I did it. I, I would do it in high school, and then I it kind of fell off for me, and then mm-hmm. it really kind of became the perfect pandemic activity honestly because it was like mm-hmm. it was outside but it wasn't really around people mm-hmm. and it only costs like you know to buy the discs or whatnot but um so i got really into it again over the mm-hmm. last like two and a half years or whatnot so yeah, yeah um I disc golf um i watch movie i know it's not supposed to i mean it i just is, love though. i love watching is, movies yeah. so i watch a shitload of movies you yeah. know and yeah. uh I still like to do that. Uh, I don't think that's going anywhere. So yeah, well now um, it's part of your job, right? Watching movies and TV. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just trying to turn off between like, am I analyzing this movie or am I just trying to enjoy this movie? But, Mm um, you know, and I, I'm in Colorado, so I try to do outdoorsy stuff every once in a while, hike and all Mm -hmm. that jazz. And we have a lot of breweries here, so I tend to craft beer it up quite a bit so that's what's up that's awesome uh todd what about you yeah i um yeah we live like on vancouver island it's like we're minutes from like mountains and rivers and lakes in the ocean and everything so i love being outside um beach combing hiking um a lot of times with my kids what we can do um mm-hmm. just going out and yeah, I'm making forts out of sticks and climbing in trees. And I love, mm-hmm. I just try to 
rediscover what it is to play through their perspective too. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we just, we make little like short movies together, like me and my daughters. And then we use like their little, their baby brother is like, he's like the monster or whatever. And he just sits (laughs) there and doesn't know he's being turned into like (laughs) a monster. Yeah. Yeah. I love, um, I love solitude and quiet. I don't get that much of it, but when I, when I can, it's, I'm out, I'm outside in the woods walking. We've had such a crappy spring, non-existent spring here. It's been so rainy and gross. And that's just the Pacific mm-hmm. Northwest, but mm-hmm. there's sun today. So it's like everybody's smiles suddenly appear that, yeah. um, yeah, that, and yeah, I love watching shows and movies. Um, and, uh, yeah, sometimes like Dan said, so I'm, am I analyzing it to learn from it or do I, I'm just going to be entertained and I'm going to celebrate that. I, I, I've tried to take out the phrase guilty pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, you know what, this is, this exists to entertain me and I feel good. And it's been a really hard last couple of years and it's mm-hmm. not, I'm not going to feel guilty feeling good about watching something lighter. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I think I can't turn off that analytical side of my brain anymore mm-hmm. and it's okay. Like basically, because no matter what, if I'm watching a show or a movie, even if it's like a comfort thing uh, that I've seen a bunch of times, I'm probably going to notice something new of like, oh, I see I see how that specific plot point worked or like I see like why that's such a good line of dialogue. And uh, like you guys were rewatch old movies that you used to love before your filmmaking (laughs) dream and (laughs) watch it in a whole new way. Some of them suck. (laughs) you know just every now and again i'm like this isn't a good story but like obviously it worked because i loved it yeah Yeah. and i still quote it exactly i I think for me i analyze my analyze like my analysis will just turn on if i'm watching a a movie i'm not enjoying or like a a bit what a a bad movie if you will Mm -hmm. um and then i'm just like oh there's the there's the break in the two. And I'm like, no, there's the midpoint. Like I just, it just feels so yeah. obvious more when I'm like watching something I'm not into yeah. as opposed to when like, I'm really mm-hmm. into it. And I'm just like, I, I don't even realize I'm just wrapped up. I think that's, yeah. but yeah, the analysis comes out when I'm like, Oh, this is not yeah. my jam. <laughs> that's right that's now. really true. Mm-hmm. I, I hadn't really thought about it that way. Yeah. But it, it's much easier to analyze when it's not as well done. <laughs> yeah. uh, and when it it's really well good. done, you, you're not even paying attention to that. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, if something happens in the first act. I'm like, remember that. Exactly. It's come up again. <laughs> See, that yeah. is something that, that I catch on. Important. Yeah. Exactly. That's something I catch on to way more. Um, I remember in film school real early on being told um, if it appears in the frame, it's for a reason. Nothing yeah. should be in your movie. That isn't for a reason. And, uh, and now like, yeah, I can't turn that off when I'm watching things like, you know, someone sets the keys on the table. I'm like, there's going to be something with those keys here in the movie. Oh, of course. You know, or later yeah. in the movie or remember to take the trash out later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that. They're not going to remember and it's going to cause some kind of big deal. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 That's so funny. Um, awesome. So, uh, <laughs> this question's kind of funny for, uh, you guys having finished one together of the scripts that you've written which is your favorite and why yeah. uh, I will say I though, that, was pretty good. But. Yeah. You can open it up to, to your own uh, personal projects. And yeah. if you wanted to give a log line for a personal project, feel free. Um, well, like you said, we've only done one together. So yes. it's my favorite one that we've done together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although again, I am looking forward to that next one. I really do want to jump on it. It's yeah. we're going to bring vampires into the fold. I'm excited. Yeah. But anyway, 
Um, my favorite personal script. Um, that's a little harder. I'd probably say uh, it's called Rock Hard. Okay. Um, it's basically School of Rock meets Super Bad. Mm-hmm. Oh, amazing! So, Two movies uh, I love. Yeah. So um, we mentioned this before. So I was in a band in high school, and mm-hmm. so um, it was the first script I ever wrote completely like by myself, like the first one I finished. And, uh, that's when I was kind of buying that, write What, you know, so I was like, all right, well, I was in a band in high school, so I'm going to write like a high school band mm-hmm. script. And, um, even though I finished the first draft years ago, I mean, now it's probably like 10 years ago. It's still, it placed in the screen craft comedy last year. Yeah. Last, uh, in 2021, mm-hmm. every once in a while I go back to it and I'm just like, damn it. I love this script. And it's, it feels the one that's just like, I nailed every character. Like they Mm -hmm. sound just Mm -hmm. like them. And I think a part of that is they're based on a lot of real people. And, uh, like my parents are in it. I didn't even bother changing their name. I'm just like, and people who know my parents read it and they're like, Oh my God, you nailed your parents. <laughs> so they sound just like your parents. Yeah. And I'm like, it just, it's that script. I've, for I've me known them for a long time. Yeah. yeah. It's just that script for me that just kind of, it hits home. And I keep, yeah. even though I've, I've many drafts later, I kind of keep going back to it and seeing if I can improve it and get it out there again and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So that's awesome. I love that. Uh, what about you, Todd? I'm just going to say, I read rock hard. It is hilarious. And like, it is heartwarming and, yeah, good Dan's. I'm not just trying to butter up my writing partner, but I never <laughs> feel like I'm reading when I'm when I'm reading his scripts. So yeah. um I'm I'm seeing things happen and yeah. That's a huge compliment um, for sure. So, yeah, thanks, Tom. Um uh, mine is uh it's called uh American Checkout and um I think it um yeah, so context for how this story came about. So mm-hmm. Um, me and my wife and our kids, we moved, relocated from mainland Vancouver area over here, um, mid 2019, didn't know anybody. I was kind of going back to school and I, I would always been the one working full time. And then when we moved here, um, my wife was a nurse, she got the job that got us over here. So I Mm kind of took a step back from work for a bit and I was much more at home with our kids. Uh, Mm -hmm. They were really young at the time. And, um, then we are, um, uh, third child was coming along due July, 2020. And then something happened to March, 2020. Yes. Um, I was only working very, very minimal hours on a contract and, um, yeah, she was a nurse. There was time. It was just the, and she was pregnant as well. And there was competing information of pregnancy makes you more susceptible to the coronavirus yeah. or it makes God, you more immune. We don't really been know. Such and, a scary time for you guys. Yeah. And we're like, we don't want her and our child to be the guinea pig in this. So she went on early medical leave. Nobody was hiring at this time. Mm-hmm. And we live, we're in a smaller town too. And I'm like marketing communications. Um, so the only place I was hiring is at Walmart. So I got a job just unloading freight. Um, oh yeah. I worked at Walmart and, before. Yeah. And yeah. Um, it was, yeah, I started April, 2020 mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it just, it was an insane time going on just with observing everything that all the online chatter of everyone 
distrusting everyone and everything. George Floyd was happening. And it was just, the craziest um, few months of my entire life. Yeah, for it sure. really was. Oh, yeah. And I was just yeah. sitting there like trying to make sense of it all. Like, uh, and just I'm like doing bringing a baby into the world, like in a few months with this. Mm-hmm. Um, fun, fun. Yeah. And I was stu- unboxing cans of paint on aisle M15 in our local Walmart. Uh-huh. It was around 10 PM at night. And I'm just like, I'm just bored out of my mind right now too. And also like going insane from all this like stuff that my spirit is just taking on. Uh-huh. So I'm like, Oh, I'm like, maybe I should start brainstorming a movie idea. So I thought like, well, what would make opening a box of paint a little more exciting and so I just kind of had this idea of a, um, a character who is a middle-aged dad. Um, he opens a box and there's a note inside that says, follow these instructions or your kids will be healed. And that was sort of like my hook, the log line that came to me. And I'm like, okay, I got to run for my bathroom break quick. And I just like started jotting down notes in my phone. And um, every night I would come back from my shifts and write until like 2 a.m. Um, and pumped the script out pretty quick. And it was... Um, yeah, it was the first time I'd ever kind of dabbled into like comedy and horror and satire. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, yeah, I was processing things while I was writing and it was sort of a hero's journey of this dad trying to, um, you know, protect his kids and conspiracy theorists taking over this story. Yeah, it was, pre- it was kind of bonkers, but like I had a lot of fun writing it and it sort of was my, it's kind of like my guiding light in that really crazy time of keeping me grounded. And like, I need to keep my mind occupied with something good and healthy and focused and a goal. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And then that was the script that I ended up getting notes on from Dan shortly mm-hmm. after, uh, mm-hmm. I think in the fall of 2020. And, um, I wasn't focused. I did. Yeah. I didn't have like any goals of like what this will be or like contest to enter or things like that. I just, I tried to have fun with it. And that's where I think, Anyway, so that's the one that ended up getting a producer attached because he saw something that I tweeted about it too. So again, this oh, is, yeah. and that's kind of what led to the pending option that's um, kind of in the works. I can't talk too much else about yeah. the story's evolved a lot since then, but that was kind of the the initial starting point of it. That I think it's just where I realized like the more fun that I have with my writing, the, I don't know, it, when you chase the fun, it goes places. So no, you're not, it goes places, but the story comes alive more. And yeah, it just feels totally lonely. right. I still yeah. can't believe you find time so much time and you're so productive while you have three kids. I yeah. uh, I'm single. I have no kids. I feel like I uh, do less same. than Todd. So same hats uh, seriously <laughs> off. Even I, again, uh, we've been talking for almost two years now and I still don't understand how you find the time to do it. So yeah. kudos to Todd for the uh, same. Every kids. time I think that like every time I want to complain, about uh my own situation and how hard it is to get things done i have a person like todd on or a person like edith rodriguez or you know other parents out there making it happen and i'm just like yeah i'm a pussy that's what's going on i have from 4 36 to 5 10 right so i gotta pump everything out within that Uh, i'm just like i don't I don't yeah, know how your brain works. And I'm just sitting in front of a laptop. I have all day to write and I'm just on Twitter <laughs> yeah. on my phone yeah. with fucking the final draft open. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, it's pathetic. Um, no, but, it's not pathetic. It's, yeah, no, yeah, all, the, I, all the respect for you yeah. and all the respect for, you know, doing what you had to do in that time and, you know, uh, making sure your family was good and still getting some writing done. That's uh, that's really awesome. 
Great, like, crazy couple of years we've had for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but also kind of, kind of, you know, I mean, of course everything was horrible, but there were some beautiful things. And I think all of us yeah. flocking to screenwriting Twitter was one of them. Uh, I didn't yeah. start using Amen. it really until like March or April, 2020. Uh, I had always had yeah. Twitter, but I could never understand how to use it. Yep, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. That was, I found like, I'm that way that too was rambly so for 140 us. characters. I can't say this. But. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I used to, well, shit, the 140 is relatively new too. Wasn't it 80 before 80 characters for like a long time. It was only 80 character tweets. Uh, I Am know. I wrong about that? So, uh, Maybe I'm wrong. Just, it, it was something that I never really knew how to utilize. Exactly. I, mean, yeah. I still don't really know how, but I made mine in 2009 together, so. and then 11 yeah. years later yeah. is when I started yeah. using it. Yeah. But like, yeah, that, neither was... of us have gone viral, Andy. So, you know, we, we are still oh. not <laughs> using it nearly as well as you are. Or, <laughs> or adapted from, from TikTok talk right so, oh, oh was, yeah that, that was a disservice yeah. oh, yeah. instagram has never stolen any of my tweets that was yeah. so annoying dude that when i saw that tiktok was, video i was so yeah. pissed <laughs> like uh, not really pissed because i'll so tell you what like too <laughs> exactly like yeah. i think that if there is a textbook way to not read that joke that was yeah. it like that i think it. that there's Absolutely. so many people who like don't even consider themselves funny people who could have read that mm-hmm. better yeah. uh just so goofy but yeah. um i've had that happen a few times now where either like uh because i used to like make memes too just because i'm mm-hmm. fucking yeah. desperate to try to be funny desperate for yeah. people to think i'm funny <laughs> but um a couple of times i had like my name cropped out of it or just had the meme <laughs> stolen and shared by a huge meme account. Cause I, yeah, I had yeah. little tiny meme accounts that were getting like fucking 20 likes on a meme. Yeah. You know? And yeah. then uh, I had a couple over the years that got stolen and like were bigger oh. than they were on my account. I specifically remember the Brendan Fraser Keanu Reeves one yeah. that you made. Yeah. I remember I saw your tweet and I liked it. And then I was on Instagram and it popped up and I was like, I fucking know the guy who yeah. made that joke. Dude, it was so weird. I saw it on Facebook, Instagram. People yeah. were sending it to me from so many accounts. And well, what it was, was I made it as just a text tweet. I think sure. I said like Brendan Fraser and Keanu Reeves should team up and do a movie. It was something about that because they're like the yeah. two most stereotypically likable yeah. dudes. And then sure. someone took that same exact wording and put it over pictures of both of them. And yeah. that fucking made the thing explode for some reason. And uh, yeah, that was super annoying. But um, <laughs> yeah, I just, like, I've never seen this one. I'm just reading it right now. Oh, really? <laughs> <A> movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they totally uh, stole it. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, people fucking stole that one. And um, it it happens, though. And that was like my first real heartbreak with it was like that one went everywhere. That one went so big. The Chive shared that one. That's like a pretty big thing. Uh, BuzzFeed, I think. Popped, uh, Buzzfeed popped probably up. did it too. Yeah, yeah, a bunch of fuckers. Yeah, so that that kind of that kind of like got me prepared for whenever that TikToker sold the last mm-hmm. one because I was just like, that's just what yeah. happens. And also, yeah. I've seen so many uh, memes where it's like a like I know it's a John Mulaney joke and it's just mm-hmm. on here yeah. with no credit. And I'm just like, yeah. it, it sucks. But mm-hmm. uh, at some point, like for my own mental health, I just had to like start taking it as a compliment of being like, well, it's yeah. funny. So <laughs> that that helps, but um. It is. It, anyway, back to you, boys. Uh, what's a no? Don't be sorry. What's a recent <laughs> accomplishment that you're proud of? Screenwriting related. Uh, it doesn't have to be. What's something recently that uh, you'd pat yourself on the back for? 
I mean, the shopping agreement is an obvious yeah. one. I was going to say that would be uh, mine yeah. of my own personal things. It's like, of course, especially because again, it, it just felt like it came so out of left field. I mean, because mm-hmm. you, you know, you submit gigs to ISA. I've done it too with my personal scripts and mm-hmm. yeah, I got, I either hear nothing or I get passes and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And then, yeah, to hear from the, their VP of development That's on a hilarious. random Saturday, we were just yeah. like, it was like, sorry to email you on the weekend. We were like, yeah. do not apologize. Always yeah. email us with stuff like this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean the shopping agreement for sure. And then even just, even just the rewrites, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we, they gave us notes, which I felt were pretty broad, which is why it was mm-hmm. sort of a larger rewrite. And we crushed that I felt, and mm-hmm. then we got more notes and they were more specific. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. we're getting there then. Cause the more specific, the notes, the definite closer you are mm-hmm. to having it like really shine. So, yeah. and again, to turn that, like I went, I just came back from New York and Todd is going on vacation later mm-hmm. this week or whatnot. So we were like, well, we want to pump this out fast, mm-hmm. not like shitty, but just yeah. fast. So even just the fact that we can still just pick it up and, you know, deliver something that we're really proud of in such yeah. a short amount of time. And again, we still work, even though it feels like the stakes are higher, I guess, right. There's a shopping mm-hmm. agreement now, and maybe this could lead to something bigger. Like it hasn't changed the way that we've worked together or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I'd say yeah. even that is mm-hmm. a good accomplishment. Just we're still yeah. kicking ass. And I think so. that with it, cause there's so like, it's very, it's, it's a fairly high concept story too. And like, we were like, does, are these rules like, because it's all based around like these this rules and kind of like this diabolical game and we're like with all our changes are making like we does this thing not make any sense at all like to an outside perspective <laughs> like we're like mm-hmm. did we totally screw it up in these rewrites and we got one of dan's friends to read it and it was just there were a couple copy edits that needed to be made and we're like oh it made sense like that felt really good mm-hmm. and um yeah i think just to jump into with um i was in i was doing a walmart run and I was in there by myself and I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to go like back over by like, the... I was just feeling a little like reflective on, you know, these last couple of years. And I was like, I'm going to go by the paint section. Cause that's kind of where like this story idea first came to me. Mm-hmm. And literally like I checked my phone and like Dan sent me a message on Twitter and said like, did you see the email from ISA? And I was like, what? <laughs> so literally it was like, as I was walking by the paint aisle, and I'm Are like, you oh my kidding gosh, me? like this is no, like, oh it was right gosh. there. And, that's so um, crazy. Yes. Yeah, so it was just really, I don't know, it was one of those beautiful things where like, I'm, you know, you can just look at, um, uh, I think a big thing in my stories too, like I'm a big believer in redemption, things being redeemed mm-hmm. and maybe not necessarily like a happy ending or like things arriving at like the perfect place, but <sighs> growth coming from, from pain, from struggle. I think like, mm-hmm. I don't know, I think that that can be reflected in like, even just in our creative process too. And to look at, yeah. Uh, yeah. Right, that's that's my the shopping agreement and the process is my um, that's what I'm proud of too. Yeah, that's awesome. And really too, like now that you guys have been through it, and I'm actually been through the same thing very recently. The uh, the rewrite whenever you are working with someone else who wants to help you get this thing made, mm-hmm. that's where you really uh, get tested as a writer. Uh, mm-hmm. and I actually just had like the same feedback that I'm really, really proud of, of, uh, they were just like, yeah, you've been crushing the notes process and like your mm-hmm. rewrites are like everything that we could have wanted it to be. So, you know, great job. And like, I've been super proud of that too. Cause I just know 
that that is where it's one thing to write your spec it's another to have an outside source giving you specific notes and this is the path to getting made how well can you execute this and it's like i feel like that's when you're like oh shit okay i could do this as a career it's not going to be easy but like i I think i can do this i can uh, yeah yeah, it's pretty awesome yeah same uh, what are a few words of advice that you would give your fellow screenwriters, especially to those who are just getting started? Whoever wants to take it. Well, you're both going to take it, but whoever wants to start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, I think it's just better to understand when you first, especially when you're first starting out, it's just going to take so much longer than you really think it's going to take. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that's not a bad thing because again, mm-hmm. I've just gotten, I know I've just gotten so much better <laughs> over the last, you know, yeah, like 10 years or whatnot since I graduated college and, mm-hmm. um, way more consistent and I have way more life experience and mm-hmm. I've met way more people that I can kind of pull from and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. I guess uh, patience, I guess is sort of the advice, right? Like just, like very few people are writing that thing at like 22 that like yeah. makes them mm-hmm. blow up. Like it's, it's better. You, you only get better with more time as opposed mm-hmm. to, you know, cause especially like acting, it always feels like something that you have to break into when mm-hmm. you're really young. Mm-hmm. Right. And writing is not like that at all. And so, mm-hmm. no. yeah, don't worry if it takes a little bit of time and I guess just be like a sponge, just learn, Mm-hmm. as much as you possibly can read as much as you can and write as consistently as possible. It doesn't mean like every day, but I would just find like a, a rhythm, whatever rhythm works for you. Find yeah. it. And- yeah. And don't give up. Cause I think you're don't right. Patience is um, great advice. It's so simple, but it's literally probably the thing that we most need to hear when we're first starting is that's the truth mm-hmm. of it. What you just said is it's going to take longer than you think. Um, very few people do it at 22. Very, yeah. very, 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 Ooh. very few. Uh, and yeah. even then, if you do have a breakout script at 22, because you had just a great concept, uh, it's going to be hard to sustain that. Because like you said, you know, the older we get as writers, the more life experience we have, the more people we've interacted with, the more we understand ourselves and then yeah. can translate that into story. Um so like during that time, if you are so fortunate to start at 22, I wish I started at 22. Uh, I was a little <laughs> bit later. I was more mid to late twenties, but, um, but yeah, stay patient, stay with it. Just keep writing shit. Cause you're going to keep getting better and better. Yeah. Um, I feel like when I was young, really young too, I just compare myself to, especially like other people I went to school with and stuff like mm-hmm. that or whatever. And it it's was easy horrible. And like, yeah. <laughs> a lot of the people I went to school with never did shit in film. So, you know, yeah. and I was like, Oh man, there's so much funnier than me or they're blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, now they're like an insurance salesman somewhere. Cause they just like, this sucks. It's too hard. And so, mm-hmm. yeah. About the like not giving up thing. It's like, yeah, just keep going. Don't worry mm-hmm. about anybody else. Yep. Totally. Yeah. It's not, it's not about talent either. A lot of times it's about who can take the most punches and just stay in there. Seriously. Uh, But uh, Todd, how about you? Yeah, I think mine, it ties into that with the patience. Um, Mm -hmm. 
I think my biggest advice, and this is something I have to give to myself every day, um, just be very careful about how you talk to yourself too, mm. because I think words have mm. a lot of power, especially mm. when we use them to ourselves. So the two particular words that I would say to try to take out of your vocabulary in your writing journey is failure and rejection. Because mm. those are, I think with every, I see it a lot of, um, you know, every time contest placements come around, it's like, oh, I, I didn't make the quarterfinals. Like, and I've said it myself, I'm like, oh, I feel like a failure. I got rejected from this contest and things. I'm like, the word rejection implies that that's everything. You tie so much of your worth into, mm -hmm. or I can, I should speaking for me personally. Many of us like do. Writing, yeah, writing <laughs> is a very deeply personal thing, even if it's not autobiographical at all. Like you bleed onto the page. Mm -hmm. And if someone, if it's a pass, it can be taken as a rejection. Mm -hmm. But I think that me taking that word out of my vocabulary and saying like, oh, I got a pass. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the right thing for the right, for this person at this time. Yes. Because there's going to be a lot more passes. Um, <laughs> Um, then there will be a, a yes, or even like with the shopping agreement that we got, I'm like, that was a huge milestone. It still wasn't there yet. Like the script as it was that mm -hmm. got us there, it's changed a lot since then. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I, don't know, I, I have a massive bleeding heart and I know that I need to try to build some armor around it, um, mm -hmm. while trying to pursue this calling and navigate a very crazy industry that really doesn't care about your heart too much. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. I think there are a lot of people that do care about our hearts. Uh, it's good to find that tribe, mm -hmm. but um, I'm going to, I'm going to quote a very, a very wise uh, Saint uh, Dolly mm -hmm. Parton mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, where she said something. I don't know if it was an interview or something that I heard her say, and she said, I'll never harden my heart, but I've toughened the muscles around. And that just really resonated with me to say, I love that. Um, yeah. Like it's not about changing who you are. It's just about just trying to build up your armor a little bit more. And for me, that's yeah. taking the words failure and rejection out of there. Cause you, like I could look at, um, you know, I tried to jump at, uh, going with a talent agency and that, that fell through. I believe mm -hmm. for a mm -hmm. while I defined that as a failure in me. Mm -hmm. And that really kind of crippled how I looked at myself for quite a few years. And then I'd yeah. be like, you know what, I'm going to try to reclaim this narrative and say, I've grown from this. I've learned from it. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I never thought that it would end up leading to an introduction to someone else that would get me represented. So sure. I it kind of goes back into that whole thing that, you know, things can be redeemed and I'm not going to call them failures or rejections anymore. Mm -hmm. um, I'll probably will still think that they are, but I'm not going <laughs> to use those words to myself. So yeah. Yeah. I love, as you're I being patient with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, pass yeah, pass be, is a much nicer yeah. word. Yeah. Yeah, Be I like kind that. Yourself. <laughs> That's a huge part yeah. of it, dude. Yeah, and like, mm -hmm. you know, there's a few things you said in there that I really love, like Dolly Parton, that quote about her, it's really dope because uh, as a woman in music and country music at that, mm -hmm. too, at that specific time, it was, you know, uh, kind of men's music in many ways, like all the stars. Uh, you know, she went through a lot of shit. Uh, to yep. maintain to get the career that she ended up having she was one of the best songwriters i saw something where she mm -hmm. she wrote um one of the songs was jolene and the other one was a huge song that she wrote both in the I same day i yeah, always love, love you. you yeah yeah she wrote those back yeah, to back in the same, the same day yeah. like fucking dude she was mm -hmm. just so great and uh yeah. well, she still is but uh to see <laughs> what a humanitarian she is to this day mm -hmm. uh that quote 
is very like uh, telling of how she set out to live her life once her career started and how she ended up succeeding in that is yeah. really dope. You know, she that you was a fighter too. Like she was, yeah. Yeah. And you can have a big there. heart and be a fighter. Yeah. I mean, honestly, there are literal people who fight professionally, like boxers and UFC people mm-hmm. who are actual, like, you know, sweethearts. They just have this gift that they can just fucking fight. Um, And it's really rad, you know? And it's funny too. Some of the toughest people I've ever met are A, sweethearts, and B, don't want to fight. And that's just kind of funny. And they're the toughest fucking dudes I've ever met. Um, Mm -hmm. It's it's funny how that works. You don't have anything to prove at that point. But, um, and also I wanted to say, yeah, with the past thing too, it's like, yeah, it's just it's the nature of the business and it definitely hurts. It especially hurts when you're getting started and those competitions reject you and Mm -hmm. everyone is posting their success. I I made quarterfinals, I made semis, whatever it is. That shit is brutal. Brutal. Even if you you don't even enter them, it's still hard. I know. I'm like, oh, I feel bad for myself. I didn't play. So I'm like, I haven't paid for a contest in a while. Why should I be like, I know. Yeah. Even on the other side, because I'm not entering contests this year. Um, and having a manager. Cause I'm like, you know, I don't really want to spend the money because a, I have a film that I'm trying to put in film festivals, but B, um, I have a manager now that kind of like circumvents the, any opportunities that the contest was going to get me. Yeah, uh, yeah. so I kind of just deemed it as like unnecessary spending. I'm not going to spend on, however, Every time a contest announcement drops, I still get the FOMO. And I'm like, man, I wish I had something cool to announce. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's so ridiculous. Um, I but, started to force yeah. myself to congratulate as many people as I could. Mm-hmm. And just like get into that habit where it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it sucks that I didn't get in or it sucks that I didn't whatever, but like mm-hmm. just congratulate as many people as I could. Yeah. I agree. Because it means something like, I, I mean, I like to share my wins, I think wins are rare mm-hmm. for most mm-hmm. of us mm-hmm. um, yeah they are extremely well, well, and like i don't want anyone i don't want to discourage mm-hmm. anyone from like sharing because i've seen this too like be kind to the people who didn't get in it's like it's part of it get over it yeah. i was they, gonna say they, fuck they, that they need, yeah. you should you need to celebrate <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. celebrate yes. when you get in so yes. that's for me like yeah i'm i made it a point well, especially like early on when I really started submitting to contests and I wasn't quite ready or I wasn't getting in, mm-hmm. I was just like, I'm going to congratulate these people. And yeah, it's hard, but it's better than just like stewing me. Like, why didn't I get in? <laughs> yeah. Like, and I mean, like, you know, this isn't a competitive sport, but it can feel yeah. that way sometimes. Sure. But anyone who has ever participated in competitive sports or just been a fan of them knows how amazing good sportsmanship is and just like being genuinely happy for people. Um, because what I found too, is that in this crazy industry that we're all trying to break into is that your time is going to come around next. Might not Mm. be this time, might not Mm -hmm. be next contest announcement, you know, whatever is going on. This person got repped. Um, you might not be the next one, but it could be you at some point. Like if you do what, Dan said, you just keep your head down, just keep doing the work. Um, know that you always have stuff to learn. That's never going to stop. You'll always have work to do. That's never going to stop. Mm-hmm. Just keep trying to refine your craft and get better and better. Uh, good things will happen. Like they yeah. just will. It's just like, again, it's how many times can you get hit and get back up? Sure. 
you know, yeah. it's so subjective too. I mean, how many contests did you enter bellyache and suplex and oh, didn't get in and then, and then, and then, you know, both of them semis and that nickel yeah. and it's yeah. like, Oh yeah. Okay. It's just really subjective. So yes, yeah, just, yeah. just keep, just keep yeah. going. Totally dude. And like, I had some that were semifinal. I mean, of course the nickel's different, but like, uh, they semifinaled in other contests that did absolutely nothing for me. Um, me too. And yeah. you spend a lot of money on the bullshit. I don't know. It's just like, you just never know what's going to happen. Well, here, here's the funny story about you never know. Uh, Suplex and Bellyache, I entered both in the nickel in 2020. Neither of them placed whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> I, I kind of did some rev- revisions on each one here and there throughout that year. And I was like, fuck it, I'll re-enter both. Uh, I, had, I had the money to do it and uh, both went to be semis and then suplex went Ooh. to top 50. So it's yeah. just like literally a year before. Cause dude, the, the rewrites were not that much. Like yeah. the bones of the story were all in place and one year they don't even get in. And the next year they're both semis. So mm-hmm. it's just such a frustrating thing. Try to take yeah. every uh, perceived loss with a grain of salt because mm-hmm. Um, you just don't know. And like, you know, it's even harder to get a yes after the contest stage when you're into the having people read with the potential of financing your project. Sure. It's even more no then. Uh, so just (laughs) prepare yourself. Like I've had all the general meetings I've had. I have one thing that's moving, um, Mm -hmm. with the shopping agreement, but I've had a ton of generals that are just like, and they always go the same way is like, uh, yeah, we really liked that script. Uh, for what we do as a company, we think that you're a great fit. So like, uh, I think that we should try to find something together and it's like, uh, and I'm always like, yeah, let's do it. And then you kind of just don't hear back. And and the the first couple I took, I was like, oh shit, they want to find something with me. And now I'm finding that that's how every general ends. It seems is, uh, yeah, I think we should find something together. All right. No one one wants to close the door, right? Like it's always. Exactly. And and also just like the, the hard truth of it too, is that Hollywood moves incredibly slow. Um, Mm. Things move slow. Projects move slow, you know, Uh, like with the shopping agreements that we both have in place, I've kind of like gone from a stage of intense excitement to being like put it out of your mind and start on the next thing because this is mm-hmm. going to be a minute you know yep, it yep. just is uh it is what it is but anyway mm-hmm. guys i want to thank you so much for coming on the pod of course uh, this was such a fun episode getting to know you two i've been interacting with you guys for a couple of years now on twitter mm-hmm. and it was fun to just get to hang out and chat mm-hmm. uh but yeah i just want to say thank you thank for you having us. Absolutely, yes, for sure. I I messaged Dan when you after you reached out to us. I said separately. I said I'm like the social pod, social screenwriter pod. I'm like this is way more excited than the shopping agreement. Oh shut <laughs> up! Like no. yeah, it's the Andy show. He did message Anyways, me. That. Yeah. That's not a lie. I did. Yeah. Oh my god! It's so. Thank you for you know what you know. It's it's entertaining, but also you're you're doing an amazing thing. Just giving people like us a chance to just share a little bit about who we are and um i think all of us are finding we have a lot more in common than we think so yeah thanks for yeah. what you're doing oh well thank you for saying that and yeah dude no you're totally right is um yeah it's been so much fun for me just getting to know people but uh yeah yeah no getting to listening to the podcast and like getting to know people past just their handle and and whatever because same i've I think there's only been like two people you've done. That I have, I, I wasn't following already or whatnot. And so yeah. like, it was really nice to like get to know people that 
you know, like Edith is one, Melissa is another one, you know, like yeah. Guy even, everyone knows Guy, mm-hmm. but I don't, I mean, mm-hmm. all I know is he's from New Orleans. Other than that, I didn't really yeah. know much about him. So exactly. it's really, honestly, it's really cool. You're doing, you're doing awesome. And it's really oh, awesome mm-hmm. to be on here. So thank you. Yeah. Thanks dudes. All right. That's it guys. Episode 16 is in the books. That was, I hated how I ended that. Thanks dudes. Um, but other than that, pretty good episode, really fun getting to know Todd and Dan and hearing their really interesting story and even like the personal stuff, um, that isn't exactly screenwriting related, but is like adjacent. Um, I just love getting to know people who are doing this crazy dream that we're all out here chasing. It's, uh, it's just such a insane thing to try to achieve. And um, it's cool getting to know other psychos who are like me um, trying to do the impossible. But anyway, that's it, guys. Uh, you know the drill. If you want to, you can tag us on Instagram or Twitter at Social Writer Pod. Say something you liked from the episode, something you learned, something interesting about Todd or Dan or even me. Um, something I said that's dumb. Again, you can't say the 80 character tweet thing because I already covered that. I know that's dumb. Uh, but anything else that I said that's dumb or smart, you can, you can compliment me too. Um, I always lead with insult me, but you can compliment me and that would be nice as well. Uh, if you guys want to donate to the show because you liked it that much that you think I deserve a couple bucks, uh, I'd really appreciate that. And you can just go to the Linktree link in our social media, Instagram, Twitter, at SocialWriterPod. In the Linktree, there's a donate button. It takes you to a PayPal. The PayPal's all legit. Um, and you can leave me a couple bucks if you want to. I'd really appreciate it. Other than that, guys, uh, it's the 4th of July, and I can't believe that I got through recording these intros and outros with no fireworks. Um, but yeah, that's about it for me. Um, I'm on the brink of a nervous breakdown from trying to get so many projects going and finished and moving and all of that stuff. Uh, but I still love doing this podcast. Uh, and I have the next guest lined up. We haven't set a date yet, but it's going to be soon and it's going to be a really fun one. It's someone that I really admire. Uh, that's it guys i hope you had a fun weekend even though there's not a lot to celebrate right now in this country and we all kind of know about that but uh what can we do you know it's just uh society is collapsing and uh we're all just gonna try to at least get one feature film or tv episode on the air before it collapses so that we can say that we completed that goal um and I hope it happens for every single one of us. Uh, me, just a little bit more, because I'm like, you know, it's me. It's my, it's what, it's my dream. I, I want my dream to happen really bad. But also, I want it for you guys too. Just me, like a little more. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you're new here, I hope you stick around. If you've been around since the beginning, I love you so much. I can't tell you what it means to me that anyone listens to this thing uh thank you guys and uh have a nice time until the next time that i drop an episode uh, bye-bye the social screenwriters pod